Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson, the host of the program today. We've got a really exciting show planned for you. Coming up on our program, we've got our birthdays in sports. Sports Call's Player of the Week will be unveiled today. Zach Blackerby from Locked on Auburn will be on the program, and we'll do our final two divisions. We still have the NFC North and AFC North to preview for the upcoming NFL season that starts one week from today. One week from today, the Buffalo Bills will take on the reigning Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams, and we'll discuss all of that coming up on today's program. I want to say thank you to the crew for holding down the fort yesterday in my absence. I was inside Auburn Arena on the play-by-play call for Auburn Volleyball, who swept Alabama State. I tell you what, this freshman class, one of the most talented freshman recruiting class in the entire country, and they are showing you why. Madison Shear, the story for that Auburn volleyball team, along with the senior play of Rebecca Rath, a big win for the Tigers on the volleyball end of things. And boy, oh boy, today is September 1st, which means we are days and hours away at this point from the start of the college football season. My co-hosts today, Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry, and a very new exciting co-host, we've got our intern, Mr. Drew Bahena joining us here on the program today. So a lot of fun set to be had over the next three hours. Brooksy, how are you, sir? I am doing fantastic on this Thursday. As you said, week one of college football starts tonight. In fact, two hours from right now uh, at 5 o'clock is the official first game of week one. It's nothing big. It's St. Francis and Akron, but it's still college football. Respect the zips. You you bet your your butt. I'm going to have it pulled up on my computer. The Fighting Austin Scotts, our former uh, co-host, on the show, uh, he was a uh, in a graduate, graduate school student, yeah. of Akron. So the Fighting Austin Scots play at five o'clock this afternoon, and college football is underway. Two SEC games tonight: Ball State and Tennessee go at it, and Louisiana Tech and Missouri also in action tonight. So two SEC teams in action, and uh, can't wait for the whole slate of college football. Uh, Auburn, like you said, Auburn volleyball big win last night, uh, first win of the home slate of the season and get this one against Alabama State and uh, Auburn soccer back at home tonight as they get ready to take on a top 25 West Virginia team 630 tonight over at the Auburn soccer complex and of course I'm sure some people still want to hear about the Braves the Braves got a win last night even up the series with the Colorado Rockies looking to win the series tonight unfortunately the Mets also won last night so the the gap still stays at three games but you know you you got a chance you still got the Dodgers in town with the Mets and uh, the Braves can get a win tonight over the Rockies and the Dodgers can come back and win this series against the Mets you can get another game under your belt going into the uh, this weekend uh, as you get ready to host the Miami Marlins so and with the Braves you've got to win as many games as possible because I think I saw a stat that the Mets have 
if not the easiest, one of the easiest schedules going down the stretch here uh, toward the postseason. So any chance the Braves get to grab a game on on the New York Mets, it you, you've got to take advantage of that. And they, they tried to do it last night, but unfortunately uh, the New York Mets were just a little bit too good uh, against the Dodgers last night to get the win. But can't wait to uh, talk about all that. Can't wait to uh, talk to all of our callers as How well. How do you feel when you look at the calendar, Brooks, and September is staring back at you? And it feels good because yeah. college football is here. Um, but it also kind of all of a sudden it's here, man. It kind of hits you in the face. You're like, wow, we're like what three months, four months away from the uh, 2023. Yeah. Just to let you know, you're an engaged man, which yeah. means we're now another month closer to your wedding. Yeah, in that's, the spring. that's right. So just to let you know. Yeah. In case you weren't reminded on the daily by the fiance. But if I wasn't reminded, figured I'd uh, bring it looking up for at you uh, uh, wedding invitation samples last night didn't remind me enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brand Daughtry, how are you? You are at a different phase of life than Brooks Childress right now. But nonetheless, it might be a strange feeling for you to see September he, on the he's calendar. He's at a watermelon shirt phase of life. I am in a watermelon shirt phase. I like this shirt. It it's, is a good shirt. It's nice. It's like it's like a dark, like heather gray, with watermelons on it. I don't even like watermelon. I just like the shirt. Um, I'm doing great, man. Uh, and you're right. I am not engaged. Uh, <laughs> very single, in fact, painfully so. But uh, it, that's okay because, like you said, September's around, and uh, we got the first real college football tonight. Not to take anything away from the likes of Vanderbilt and Hawaii, but. You know, the week official week one starts tonight. You've got some conference games in the Big Ten, I believe. I think uh, Penn State and Indiana play tonight. Purdue. Purdue. Penn State and Purdue play tonight. So that'll be a fun one. Uh, it's it's college football season, man. It's what it's what I love the most. It's the best sport on earth. And finally, we get to talk about real games. Uh, the Braves are still going to be playing during that time, though. And they are still, I think, three games back of the Mets right now. Uh, and, and it's insane how close that race is going to be uh, coming down the stretch. And you could have two teams uh, with 100 win seasons in the same division, and and that's pretty insane. And you know, it's 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 a division that the Braves have dominated. Uh, and if the Braves win 100 games, you can't be mad at that. It just is what it is. If the Mets win more, so uh, hopefully that last three game series uh, in Atlanta will mean something. But We'll see. We'll see as we barrel closer, and I'll be honest, I'll probably watch the Braves a lot less now that it's football season. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we're getting into it, and, and football season will be here, but the Braves continue to move forward. We'll chat with Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network coming up on tomorrow's program. Again, we've got Zach Blackerby joining the program coming up at 4.15 here today. Our intern, Drew Behenna, is on the program. First time ever, a debut, ladies and gentlemen. Drew, how are you, sir? Doing very well, thank you. What a round of applause, Brooks. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You excited? Very excited, very excited, very happy to be on air. Yeah, we're going to get a chance to, to talk it up and get set for the upcoming football season. So let me ask you this, Drew. September 1st, two days away from football season, what emotions are you experiencing right now? Um, anxiety, <laughs> slightly, <laughs> but hope at the same time. Yeah. So, what uh, gives you that hope? Um, the fact that you coach, haven't lost yet. Yeah. <laughs> zero in the L column at this <laughs> yeah. point in the season. But uh, second-year coach, Coach Harson is seeming to be settled in. The quarterback decision was finally made public this past week, and... I'm hoping that the team, although there were some reports that they found out on social media, realistically they knew. Right. And they're just a congruent team ready to come into the season and 
get the first couple weeks. We're hours that. away at this point from kickoff being had. Are you ready for the math right here, boys? Check this out. Yes. Go for it. 51 hours away Wow. from kickoff. And let me tell you this, mm. 48 hours away from the Tiger Tailgate Show going on the air on FM Talk 93.9. Great interview by Sports Call yesterday with Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers. If you missed it, you can find it on our Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. Because Auburn football, gentlemen, it's going to start this weekend, uh, and the team, they've got to be moving in the same direction. TJ Finley is the quarterback for this squad. We've got Tiger Talk coming up a little bit later tonight. Brian Harson will be on the program. TJ Finley will be heard on Tiger Talk a little bit later this evening, along with Brent Crouch, the Auburn volleyball head coach. So that's going to be a good show coming up at 6 on FM Talk 93.9. Uh, but, uh, Brooks, what are your emotions thinking about the fact that Auburn football starts and kicks off in 51 hours? Um, it, it's it's exciting. Uh, I can't, you know, you, you really can't wait to see. As I think, Brent, you said it, uh, and Cam also said it this week that I can remember – um, it's talking season is almost over. We finally get to talk about an actual game coming up here. You know, we, we could, we're this week is still kind of talking season. You're previewing, you know, we talk about it, we preview Mercer, but until that first game is played, you're not really talking about what's happened on the field or, or anything. After this, this first weekend, you finally get to talk about stuff that happens on the field on, in Jordan Hare Stadium on this Saturday. And it's exciting. I mean, uh, we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show about what we're excited to see and, um, I, you know, you, you really hope, like you said, uh, really, you know, everybody's got to be moving in the same direction. Um, you, this is going to be the first chance to see the uh, new and improved T.J. Finley because he, he talked about it the other day in uh, his media session, on, I believe on Monday, um, that he wasn't ready to take over that starting job last year when Bo Nix went down and he wasn't in a, in a physical spot or mental spot to, be, to take over that job. And he, he said he was nobody was going to outwork him in this offseason. And obviously, he, uh, he, nobody did outwork him as he got the starting job for Auburn football. Hopefully, that translates to more, uh, more success than it did last year. I know there's a lot of people in the Auburn fan base. Uh, some of our callers aren't the biggest fans of the, the decision to main, name T.J. Finley starting quarterback. But I tell you what, you, you know, you, you look at Brian Harson's history with quarterbacks, uh, and I know it's at Boise State, but you still got some good quarterbacks that came out of Boise State during his time coaching there. He knows what he's doing with a quarterback, and he knows he's going to put the guy on the field that's going to give them the best chance to win games at the time. And, you know, if if it turns out that you get a few games into the season and T.J. Finley's not up to, you know, what you thought he was going to be, we've seen last Last year, Brian Arson's not afraid to go to the bench and get another quarterback off the bench and bring him in and play him a little bit. So Robbie Ashford, Zach Calzada could still be in there, could still be a starter by the end of the year. Uh, but right now, T.J. Finley obviously did enough in camp, obviously did enough work in the offseason to win the starting job. And we'll see how that looks Saturday at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock kickoff for Auburn football, taking on Mercer from inside Jordan here Stadium. Man, we've got a lot to discuss on the program. We've got Birthdays in Sports, a brand new sponsor to tell you about here in just a moment. And your phone calls, 334-887-3401. Sports Call continues in a moment on Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. 
This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Drew Behenna joining us on the program today. Getting set for football season two days away. Man, we're excited. Got NFL previews coming up a little bit later. Zach Blackerby is the host of Locked on Auburn podcast. He'll join us later in the program as well. All right, we've been teasing it for a little bit now. Let's give you today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here today on September 1st, 2022. Thrilled to announce a brand new sponsor for Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports brought to you by Max Credit Union. Stop by their convenient locations on Gay Street and Auburn Frederick Road in Opelika for all of your banking needs. Max Credit Union, the proud presenting sponsor of Birthdays in Sports. Let's go, Banks. Here we go, fellas. Clinton Portis is 41 years old today. He is a former NFL running back. He attended Miami where he was on that star-studded 2001 BCS National Championship team. The U. 51st overall pick in the 2002 draft by the Broncos. Set several rookie records. Traded to the Redskins in 2004 where he spent the rest of his career. A two-time Pro Bowler, 2002 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Clinton Portis. 41 years old. I can't believe he's 41. He was a playmaker, man. That guy was scary. He'd want to run you over. Man, 41. Good running back. Happy birthday, Clinton Portis. All right, Jason Taylor is 48 years old. Former NFL defensive lineman. Taylor attended Akron. Wow. We keep talking about Akron. Go Austin Scott. Jason Taylor went a three-year starter for the Zips, where he was a two-time All-Mac player taken in the third round of the 97 draft by the Dolphins. He played only for the Dolphins as he was a two-time AFC Defensive Player of the Year, six-time Pro Bowler. He's now a defensive analyst at Miami for the U and inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2017. Man, oh man, he holds the NFL record for fumbles returned for a touchdown with six. Jason Taylor, 48 years old, the former NFL defensive lineman. If you score six defensive touchdowns over your career. That's what I keep thinking about. You've had a pretty solid career. He finds the end zone. Yeah. Somehow, someway, the guy finds the end zone. His sister... As a defensive lineman. Joy Taylor. You see her on Fox Sports there with Colin Cowherd. So, uh, the Taylor family, very talented. And I can't get up. We're talking about Akron, and I really didn't even know Jason Taylor went to Akron. And here we are. It's relevant today. Uh, Cam Reddish is turning 23 years old today, a small forward for the New York Knicks. He grew up in Pennsylvania, was an All-American in high school, as well as Mr. Basketball for the state. Five-star recruit, played one year for the Duke Blue Devils Ah. alongside R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson before declaring for the NBA draft, taken 10th overall by the Atlanta Hawks and traded to the Knicks last season. Cam Reddish, 23 years old. I like Cam. Cam fam, baby. Uh, Tim Hardaway is 56 years old, former NBA guard. He played at UTEP, where he won the Naismith Award as a senior in 1989, the WAC Player of the Year. His number 10 jersey retired by UTEP, drafted by the Golden State Warriors, and played for various teams throughout his 14-year career. 
Five-time All-Star. His number 10 jersey is retired by the Miami Heat. Tim Hardaway, 56. Shout out to the whack. His son is now in the NBA. Uh, he's pretty easy to identify. He's Tim Hardaway Jr. That's yeah. typically what that means. You know? Yeah, checks out. Both basketball players. And then finally, birthdays and sports here today. How about Matt Fitzpatrick turning 29 years old today in English? pro golfer. He played golf from an early age and won the Boys Amateur Championship in 2012. In 2013, he enrolled at Northwestern on a golf scholarship, but left after one season to pursue a pro career. Officially went pro in 2014, playing in the Irish Open. His first pro win came in 2015 when he won the British Masters. To this day, he has eight professional wins, including his lone major win this year. He won the 2022 U.S. Open. Matt Fitzpatrick, up and coming in the world golf rankings, 29 years old today. Watch out, Liv. You got a new, another golfer coming. Yeah, you know, here's what, and, and Drew, let's talk about this for a moment. Here's what's so notable about Matt Fitzpatrick to me. He is the only player that I know of, at least, on tour, that when he putts, he leaves the flagpole in. That's interesting. Every single time, and it was a big story when he's winning the U.S. Open. Very interesting. Because this is abnormal that someone's getting to the greens and winning a major, and he's like, no, never take the flagpole out. I want it to stay in every time. And another unusual part of his game around the greens is his chipping. He's one of, if not the only person on tour that chips cross-handed. Right. (laughs) So. How do you do that? Yeah. He's fascinating. Right. He is a. It's weird. He's a strange golfer. It's weird, but it works. It works out for him. Yeah. We still much, need to play much, golf. You and I. Well, you said that like at the end of last baseball season that you and I were going to play golf. Yeah, we still got some You time. also said he that you and I, <laughs> you and I were going to wrestle at some point. Still, still, got, some still got some time. I don't recall that. I'm, I'm sure I. Oh, certainly I remember. Did. It. Don't worry, I remember it. Why did? Because we had I, a. We got. Who was it? Was it? Who's? who's Danny Skutak? No, no, no. Um, we have a listener who always tweets at us. He doesn't call in. Ricky. There's Ricky, yes, yes. Thank you. You're right. Ricky, who is an assistant wrestling yes. coach at Auburn High School, and then we said started... that he would help us out with it. Okay, that's right. That's right. We do need to do that. We do. We need we to can do clear that. space in the lobby. It's big I enough. I can move a couch. You're going down. It's... Mm. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. before? Uh, never in my life. All right. Uh, I mean, my brother every now and again... Typically came up on the losing end of things, but right. I, I me, never me shy too. away my from confidence. My brother just turned 30, so. Um, yeah, my brother's younger. Uh, yeah, I'm great. Let me take a break. On the other side, retired board name Steve will be on the program here with us. We've got to step outside for a moment as well. The show moves forward, but we'll be back here on Tiger 95.9 FM. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com.
Sports Call rolls on on a Thursday. College football Thursday, the first one of the year. Many more to come. It's always fun to see the uh, the Thursday night games. Usually it's like an ACC team kicking off at uh, at 6 o'clock. It's an ACC matchup, and then you get some Conference USA, maybe some Mountain West stuff in the night. Maybe there's a random Pac-12 game. But college football back, officially back last Saturday. Week 1 starts tonight. A lot of great games. We'll get to that more of those Later on in the program, we'll also talk with Zach Blackerby from Locked On Auburn later in the program and get to our NFC and AFC North previews coming up in a little bit. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Drew Behenna. Did I get the name right? You did. Awesome. And Brent Daltrey. Close enough. Ah, Daltrey is also here. J.J. Jackson had to step out. He's taking care of some company business over in our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. That you can hear Tiger Talk coming up in just a little under three hours from this moment. Andy Birch and Brad Law have a lot of great guests on the program tonight. Head Including coach, QB1. I'm about to say head coach Brian Harson, QB1, TJ Fenley will join the program as well. You can, If you want to hear everything that's going to happen, make sure you check out our interview with Andy Birchum on a Sports Call podcast. We did that yesterday. Also get a preview of uh, the Tiger Tailgate show coming up on Saturday before Auburn kicks off against Mercer. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. And much like almost every single day, let's ask Zeus who's calling in. War Damn Steve. That's right. It's retired War Damn Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Steve, how are you doing on this beautiful Thursday? I'm doing fantastic. How about all you guys? Doing fantastic. Very well. All right. How big? A big, big War Damn welcome to, is it Drew Brohanna? Behenna. Brahanna. Okay, welcome to the crazy world of Sports Call Auburn. Thank you very much, Steve. Well, I hope you survived it uh, because uh, you, you'll get some crazy phone calls like mine uh, included in that. Oh, I'm excited. So, uh, what's your uh, major in, uh, Drew? Sports production. Okay, sports production. All right. Well, I wish you very best. Thank you very much. All right, Steve. guys, let's, let's get to it. I want to propose something to you guys. All right. Uh, you're probably familiar with an old TV game show. Uh, several years ago, the Jeff Foxworthy did. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah, we've we've done a little bit of that on the program. Absolutely love All that right. show. Well, I'd like to see if you might be willing, maybe, to uh, do this kind of game show. Think about it. How about something called "Are You Smarter Than the Vegas," you know, uh, bookies and Vegas insiders with their uh, odds? And what I'm referring to is uh, back in Haiti before I got married and uh, was finally. Uh, uh, Made made to see the right way. I used to bet a good amount of money, lost a good amount of money on games. I routinely would bet a thousand dollars on a game. So I want to propose this to you, not to actually bet a thousand dollars, but would you be willing? And this goes for any listeners who want to participate to bet a thousand dollars on every Auburn game this season, and you can take either side, whatever the spread is. You can either take Auburn the points or take the opponent uh, and the points, or or take Auburn. Uh, give away the points, have you won, but every Auburn game, and you put $1,000, and we'll see how good we are or not by the end of the season. I just want to throw that out to you. I thought that might maybe make it fun and interesting for people. That'd be that'd be fun. Uh, and, you know, like you said, not actually you know, kind of doing the, the imaginary Monopoly money $1,000, but uh, that could be fun. Okay, well, I just throw it out there. If you want to do it, let me know. Uh, so moving on with that, guys, um, Real briefly, uh, now, 
Brooks, your wedding is uh, coming up when now? It is um, end of April. End of April, okay. So I suggest if you haven't already, uh, you might want to watch an episode on uh, the old Everyone Loves Raymond shows in which you want to avoid what Robert did with Amy's, uh, their wedding, and the invitation. I don't know if you saw that episode. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of the, the Everybody Loves Raymond, but I don't know if I remember that episode specifically. Well, you might check out that episode, because in that episode, he tries at his best, with uh, Raymond's urging, to just really do badly at the invitation, because he's been assigned to do the invitation card, uh, and makes it so it looks like she'll just say, like, you know, I'll just do it myself. Well, you want to avoid on that invitation saying anything like, Attire optional. <laughs> That's one of the items that he put on there. Okay, so just just avoid that one uh, if at all possible. All right. Now, guys, about uh, the, these games coming up. Of course, tonight I'm going to be watching Purdue and uh, Penn State. Do we care as Auburn fans who wins or loses that game? Um, uh, Brent, you, you know. Yeah, I, I don't really care if Penn State wins or loses. Um because at the end of the day, I if Auburn wins against Penn State, I think it's a good win because it's a it's a Power Five team coming to Auburn, and I, I I think those are big wins regardless of the other team's record. I think Penn State should win that game. I think they're a better team, but uh, if you know as to whether or not do I care if they win? Not really, but it would certainly be interesting if they lost. I just want will it be more incentive or not, or more motivation if uh, Penn State wins or if they lose. Well, I, I think playing in the SEC West, uh, you don't exactly have to bulk up your strength of schedule. Okay. All right. Well, I want to give you some people uh, who apparently call themselves experts. His name is Dr. Fing, F-E-N-G, his emails, and he has, uh, like, picks that he'll give you. Uh, some are freebies, and usually freebies, you know, don't do that well, right? Uh, feel still charged for his. But he has three overrated teams in college football for this season. Um I want to hear your thoughts on his three overrated teams are the following: Notre Dame, Evergreen, Michigan State, Michigan State. Okay, interesting. And Pittsburgh. You see, Pitt Pitt has been getting a lot of love lately that I don't one hundred percent understand. I'm going to say the 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 Notre Dame one. I halfway agree on that they could be overrated but also they didn't really lose a lot you know you've got a new coach coming in but he's already been there with the program with their defense and so uh i i, I don't i i could see it going either way that they could be overrated or they could just going to continue the, the trend that brian kelly had them on and uh being a pretty decent program uh michigan state i think it, it could be a little bit overrated um it they've lo- they lost their big running back last year and you know, they, they started off really, really well, and then they kind of t- tailored off at the end there, or tailed off at the end of the pro- season last year. And then Penn State, or not Penn State, Pittsburgh, I, I agree. I think if, if there's an overrated team, if they're being, you know, you know, you've seen a lot of hype from them. They lost so much last year on offense. One, that you, know, you had a quarterback that started for four years. He started since he was a freshman in Kenny Pickett, and he lost the number one wide receiver in the country to USC. So unless... Uh, Pat Narduzzi has a, you know some talent there behind him that we didn't you know get to see because of Kenny Pickett uh, you know starting for four years. I think that's a re- that could be a really really good pick that they could uh, they could take a big step back this year. Their quarterback Hi. is uh, the kid who transferred from USC, right? Slovis. Yeah, Keaton Slovis. Yeah, Slovis. and uh, you know that's he was another guy that when he when he got into the portal, I know a lot of Auburn people were high on him, but I I, I never saw anything at USC that super impressed me. And maybe it'll be. 
easier in the ACC, but you, you still, I, I don't know. All right, when I say, let me clarify, when he said these three teams are overrated, he's based it on Vegas' win totals of each one of these teams. So that's what he's basing with. They will not go over the win totals projected uh, according to Vegas. Okay. All right. How about these five upsets or upset watch teams by Athlon Sports writer uh, goes by the name of J.P. Scott. Here's his five upset uh, watches uh, for, for teams to be on upset, up, uh, upset watch. Is that so for this weekend State, or just the uh, – the, um, This weekend. Okay. This weekend. NC State on okay. upset watch against East Carolina. BYU at USF on okay. upset watch. Virginia Tech at Old Dominion on upset watch. This one was a shocker. Georgia on upset watch versus Oregon. You know, they're a 17.5-point favorite right now, Georgia. Yeah. And finally, this was a bit of a shocker, upset watch. Ohio State playing Notre Dame. Is it really an upset if you lose to Notre Dame? And I understand that Ohio State is – figures to be in the college football playoff picture this year while Notre Dame, you know, take them or leave them. But uh, I, I, that one's that wouldn't shock me too much, even though I do expect Ohio State to win that game. Um, well, Ohio, Ohio State, you know, uh, is it Brent? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, they're a 17-point underdog. So that would be a major upset. Hmm. Well, I, I'll be honest. I know very little about Notre Dame. I know that I like Ohio State a lot this year. I think they're going to be really good. See, I get tired of these name brand teams. Same, you know, your same, you know, suspects always being. You know, it's just gotten boring. Well, uh, as you look, me, <laughs> me too. But I bet their fans have it. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but the rest of uh, the, the football uh, fans are getting tired of it. Uh, speaking of that, guys, I read where tomorrow the college football playoff committee members will be meeting to vote on a 12-team expansion. Did you read that? Yeah, I saw where they were going to have a virtual meeting tomorrow about uh, what the next step is going to be moving, maybe moving toward that. Right, and that if they do vote and approve it, it could be uh, as early as 2024 is what I read. Yeah, I, I think that's the last year of the, the current contract and everything. And then that also goes into when you start to see all a lot of this uh, conference realignment start you know, really taking shape. I know there's a few teams that are going to be moving next year. And then you've got TV deals that are being reworked right now. Potentially the Big 12 is getting their TV deal reworked. So that kind of lines up with about when those, uh, when the big realignments start to kick in. So I was to see uh, how that vote goes. Uh, So uh, with that guys also, uh, you know, I, I really sometimes don't get it. It saddens me to hear uh, uh, people who say that they're Auburn fans. I, I, I don't, that doubt they're saying that uh, they'll come on here and uh, they will pull against a particular uh, coach that we have or the uh, coaching staff in general or even certain players uh, say the quarterback uh, to not succeed just so that their uh, I guess their, their views or their um, predictions are right and I, I just I, I don't understand it you know as long as I've been an Auburn fan for over 60 some years you know uh, I always pull for the coaching staff and the, and the coach, head coach, who we have right then and the quarterback who we have or, or the players that we have because I don't want to see them, any of those people do badly because then that means we're not going to have a good season. And that means I'm pulling for our teams to lose. And I, I, I don't get that. So I, I just uh, – I'm saying that because I, I, I don't get you guys. Help me understand, why would you pull against whoever our head coach is at that time 
or whoever the quarterback is at that time, just so that your view will be proven correctly. Uh, I mean, we have enough people like Anthony who do that for us. Yeah, Steve, I'm with you. I, I've never understood it. There are certainly fans, parts, uh, uh, fans in in every fan base that would rather be right and their team be bad than them be wrong and the team be good uh, or the player be good or whoever. Uh, and and I'm with you. I've I've always said I'm gonna hope that Auburn wins whatever game they're playing because I love Auburn and I want Auburn to be successful and I want Auburn to win. Um, but you know there there are a lot of people that. Uh, d- that say they are looking into the future. They don't think that this coach is any good, and they think the better that he jumps ship uh, or she, uh, then or the, or the player gets benched or whatever, uh, then Auburn will be better off in the future. And that's a line of thinking that I certainly don't align with, but it's something that it seems a lot of fans have, especially uh, I think it, it really came to fruition around the, the latter years of Gus Malzahn for sure. And I would say, you know, with these people, um, again, who – Say that, that they're all the same. Would they be willing to say make these comments to the players face to face or to those coaches? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, no. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, thanks for letting make me that brief commentary, and I enjoyed the conversation uh, that you had yesterday uh, with a, uh, you know, uh, our, our sports announcer. And uh, I was uh, wondering the uh, sports announcer, Andy Burcham, uh, Stan White. Uh, Jason Campbell, who fires and supervises or fires and hires them? Is it the uh, is it the president or is it the network itself? Uh, so they are technically they are. Uh, it's a hybrid. I think it's a hybrid role where they are an Auburn University employee, and then they're also a uh, Playfly Sports employee, which is the the company that uh, has the rights to Auburn sports properties. And so uh, whoever's in or technically on the broadcast team, Andy Bertram is the boss, but then his boss is the general manager of the Auburn sports properties. So that would be the, the, the people that decide uh, we don't want Andy anymore, we don't want Stan White anymore. Yeah, it would either come from the general manager or up the ladder a little bit. Uh, probably on the, on, the play, on, the, uh, on the network side of things and not so much on the university side of things. Okay, fair enough. And the AD search, guys, I've, I've seen one person's name thrown out, and apparently he's the coach at Utah State. Have you seen that name? Yeah, I've seen uh, – I don't – his name's skipping my mind right now, but he was on uh, the show over in Montgomery yesterday, and they, they asked him about right. you know being uh, his name being mentioned, and he said he would certainly listen. And, you know, he, he didn't go to Auburn, but his, he's been around the Auburn program in recent years. And I'll tell you what. Yeah, you, well, I, yeah, I read Brooks. His entire family pretty much have uh, attended and graduated from Auburn. Yeah. Uh, but, he, you know, he's got a lot of Auburn connections. And if you look at the state of Utah State Athletics, it's not in a bad spot. So it would not be, uh, you know, a, a terrible uh, a way to go if you were looking, you know, since Auburn's looking for a new AD. You know who I'd like to see? I'd like to see hear your comments. I'd love to see someone like maybe Quentin Riggins be the AD. I know his name. I know. I think you've thrown his name out before, and a couple other callers have thrown his name out before. Yeah, because uh, I mean he has a he has a passion for Auburn, and uh, I think he uh, he's also been president uh, uh, at uh, was it uh, Alabama Power? Um, I don't know. It, 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 I think he was a state in State Farm, wasn't he, or Alpha? Okay, maybe so, but I know he's been in a high administrative position, so he knows something about you know organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. So, guys, uh, that's it. I'm out of time, I'm sure, and uh, out of a rambling. Uh, oh, uh, on this 
of Serena Williams. You do know that uh, she, to me, she is the GOAT. She won yesterday. She did, and she had a— uh, the number two player. Had Tiger Woods sitting in her box. Did she? Okay. Yeah. And so she's playing a lesser, uh, I guess, a ranked opponent today, right? Is that tomorrow? Uh, she will. Pl- well, technically, she does play today because she is playing doubles today with her That's sister right, Venus. The sister. But then her singles match is tomorrow night. Okay. And then here's a little bit of history I didn't know about until I read it. Uh, apparently, one of our soccer players in tonight's game against West Virginia, that player's mother is the coach for the West Virginia soccer team. Oh wow. Didn't know that. Okay, well, now you know. If you didn't know it then, <laughs> you know it now. <laughs> All right, that's it, guys. I'm out of here. Y'all have a relaxing afternoon and evening, and let's hope the rain uh, goes down and down to a negligible, uh, negligible percentage of for time for the game. Absolutely. Okay, talk to you tomorrow, guys. Fun Friday. And, uh, Drew, it's good to have you on board, man. Very Warrior nice guys. to meet you, Steve. War Eagle Steve. That Warrior is Steve. Retired War Dam Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Always great to hear from Steve. Always great to hear his comments. Hope you enjoy, Steve, if you're still listening. Hope you enjoyed that uh, Penn State-Purdue game tonight. Also, Auburn's other opponent, San Jose State, plays tonight as well. How do they? They play Portland State later tonight. I don't think it's on, like, national TV, so you got to dig around for it a little bit. But Never mind. Two Auburn opponents. Next, Auburn's next two opponents after Mercer play tonight on the opening night of Week 1 of college football. We will talk more about that. We'll talk about our player of the week coming up after this quick timeout. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. If you missed yesterday's show, you missed a lot. Missed an interview with Andy Burcham from the Auburn Sports Network, voice of the Auburn Tigers. You also missed our NFC South and AFC South previews. Make sure you go check that on the Sports Call podcast, wherever you find your podcast, presented by Coca-Cola. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Drew Behenna and Brant Daughtry. Hello. We had a great call from Steve on the other side of that break. That will also be on today's podcast. If you missed that today, you can go listen to that. He brought up some great uh, talking points. We may get to some of that in a little bit here. Uh, he brought up some upsets to watch uh, in week one of college football, maybe. We'll, we'll make and maybe squeeze that in as we go along here on a Thursday edition of Sports Call. But we've been talking a lot of college football. Let's pivot away. We've just got a few minutes before the end of the hour. Let's pivot away from football, and let's go talk about 
our sports call player of the week for this week because I don't think we've uh, we've covered it so far this week. Have not. So let's get to it. This is our sports call player of the week. Sports calls player of the week. Rory McIlroy is Sports Call's Player of the Week, brought to you by Eric McDade State Farm. McIlroy came from six strokes behind on Sunday, the largest comeback in Tour Championship history, to win his third FedEx Cup championship. McIlroy is the first ever to win the FedEx Cup three times, breaking a tie with Tiger Woods. In addition, McIlroy picked up $18 million in prize money for winning the championship. Rory McIlroy is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Rory McIlroy, Sports Call's Player of the Week, won the Tour Championship this past weekend. As you said in the uh, commercial there, Brant, came from six strokes back on Sunday, the largest comeback in Tour Championship history to win his third FedEx Cup Championship. He's, and a little bit of change as well with $18 million. He was on fire at the end of this past season. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's kind of, it really... It kind of started when the Live Golf Tour got started, and he got fired up there. Yeah, as one of the most avid defenders of the PGA Tour. Yeah, and then he just he started just playing out of his mind. I mean, shades of Rory of old. This and it, it like you said, it, this is the Rory, and it, you know you, you see it every once in a while that everyone thought he was going to be the next Tiger Woods, and there's been you know four or five people that everyone's like, oh, he's the next Tiger Woods. But Rory was like the, one of the first big ones uh, in the you know early late two thousands that came onto the scene, and we're like, oh, this is it. Yeah, and that Sunday reminded you exactly why. And so six strokes back to win the Tour Championship. I know I was I did not watch any of it this past weekend, which I'm I'm upset that I didn't. I'm I love I love golf. Um, I was out hanging out with the fiance's fam so i was kind of following it and i you know i check in with the scores and on friday and saturday and it's like oh rory's not in this you know you got a few names up there that you recognize rory's six strokes back whatever and it just charged through the field on sunday seemingly out of nowhere and it's just wow brant golf <laughs> yeah so look, coming coming guy. back coming back from six strokes on the last day is is pretty impressive. Like even I know that. Um, and like like Drew said, eighteen million dollars is nothing to sneeze at. So uh, yeah, really impressive that he was able to do that. Um, I will say that we uh, in our voting, this was not one of our mo- most contentious votes, but certainly we had uh, we had other options. I went with uh, Mike White, the the quarterback for Vanderbilt, because he led an offense that posted sixty three times for the first time since like nineteen fifty whatever. So, also want to shout him out. But yeah, golf happened, and uh, Rory McIlroy is pretty good at it. Who's who's your guy's favorite? This is the next Tiger Woods. Mine was Jordan guy. Spieth. I really like my Jordan my Spieth favorite is Sergio on. Garcia. Not because I like Sergio Garcia, but because he's so entertaining, extremely and polarizing. Yes, yes, and I admire that. I admire golfers that are willing to be like, I have a personality, even if that personality kind of sucks. Yeah. Rory McIlroy, your sports call player of the week. Kind of late in the week giving him, uh, telling you about him, but we'll have a new player of the week. Probably someone football related. We're, we're starting to get into a uh, football Boy, season. I hope it is an Auburn football player. So we will uh, give you another player of the week. That is brought to you by our friends over at Eric McDade State Farm. Stop by and check them out today. That is going to bring us to the end of the first hour. I'm Brooks Childress. JJ Jackson should be back in the second hour. Brant Daughtry is also hanging out. Drew Behenna. 
our intern for the semester is here hanging out with us. Come on back by. We'll have an interview with Zach Blackerby here in the second hour as we roll on on a Thursday. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two underway right now. I'm Brooks Childress filling in temporarily for J.J. Jackson. He is handling company business with some of our uh, high school stuff. We had the high school coaches show right here on this this station last night with Bill Bailey. Brant Daughtry was there. Walter Northcutt was also there hanging out. Had some great conversations. I heard uh, I had some uh, meetings to be in last night, but I did get to hear the uh, interview that y'all had with the uh, Smith Station flag football coaches. Yes. That was a great, great time, great interview. Uh, we are the home. Uh, Target Communications is the home of Smith Station Athletics here. And so got to cover or get, uh, get to cover uh, Smith Station football every Friday night, get to uh, – Talk about some flag football, girls flag football. Uh, usually they stop by every week. Um, they're pretty yeah, good this, this was the first week they've been by there this season, but certainly we do see them every year, uh, most weeks. Uh, state runner-ups last year. Um, Matt, I love the flag football thing. That's so cool to me. And it continues to grow. Yeah, what I was it's getting to bigger and bigger. Night. And I, I've said it on this show before, my sister is an assistant coach for the for the Houston County High School uh flag football team so she so she's told me a little about what a little bit about what they're doing and it's growing in georgia too uh it's it's just a really really cool thing that they're doing um and bill bill is dying to go call one of those games and he we talked about it a little bit last night and i said man if it works out then i'll, I'll be there with you because it's just so cool i i want i've never seen one of those games in person but i think what they're doing is such a cool thing and uh, I, I would love to be a part of making that bigger. Yeah, so uh, the High School Coaches Show every Wednesday night right here on Tiger 95.9, 6 o'clock till, till is what we're going to call yeah, till, it. Yeah, it, it, till it, we get done. I'm going to say, it, it. you know, there's there's some, we do have a kind of a set time. It's but supposed to go from 6 to 8. But, but there's always more coaches than yeah. we have when than two, we need to. Two then, of the three shows we have done this year have gone from 6 to 9, so they've gone a full over, hour over, so... And that's great because that yeah. means there's a lot of coaches that are coming Absolutely. out and are excited about their programs in the local area. And so if you've not been out to a high school football game this year, uh, we're three. this is going to be week three of the season coming up. I guess technically week two because they keep they call it week, week zero. Week zero, yeah. But I think everybody technically, like almost everybody plays on week zero now. Most, so, people, most teams do, yeah. Um, the Robert Still Bears did not, but that didn't stop them from getting just their... The Perry Panthers you know, did not, but down. we don't really have a week zero in Georgia. Um, but... 
football to week two, week three, whatever you want to call it this week. I highly suggest going out, finding, you know, a high school to go check them out because it's, it's just fun. High school football is so fun. It's so, it's, I say it's pure. There's, you know, there's obviously not, it's not pure, but it's the last level of football in really high school sports is the last level of sports that really anybody can go out and play. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like anybody can sign up for the team. Anybody can, you know, go try out for the team and get on the team and be part of that team. When you hit college, not everybody's making that team. Obviously not everybody's making a pro team anywhere or semi pro team. <laughs> um, but this is the last, you know, level of competitive uh, sports that you can, that anybody can play. And it's so fun to go out there and everybody just, you know, everybody's trying their hardest and it's, it's so fun to watch. So I know that Brant, you're heading out to uh, Smith station tomorrow, correct? correct. They're taking correct. on Prattville tomorrow night. That's over on our sister station, FM talk 93.9. And then right here on tiger 95.9, I will be going up to Valley, Alabama with the Beauregard uh, crew as the Beauregard Hornets two and O on the year, big win last week. Uh, and they will take uh, their first region game of the year as they take on the Valley Rams starting tomorrow night. Beauregard, I, I tell you, I haven't seen them play this year. I've listened to a few. I've listened to their first game. They seem kind of legit. They listen. Beauregard is having a really good. Well, and I understand we're only two games in. They've got, but some they've talent. looked really good. They've in got their first some talent. Two games. Uh, I I was not there last week. I was out of town. That first week when they took on a uh, Selma. It mm. was it was close. Their defense stepped up in that second half. Yeah. It was so that was such a fun game. Um, and this past week, the offense came alive a little bit. It seemed uh, from you know they put up what forty two points last Something week. Something like that. And now you get to go up to Valley, take on a, a pretty decent Valley Rams team. And so that game will be right here. Six thirty is the coverage uh, with the countdown to kickoff right here on Tiger ninety five point nine. Kickoff set for about seven o'clock uh, Central Time, eight o'clock Eastern. It's high school sports, so about <laughs> about. Uh, sometimes it's a few minutes before, sometimes a few minutes after. Depends on the referees getting there. Yeah, I saw um, Auburn football tweeted out. Kickoff will be at 11.02. 11.02 sharp. So that's what you're dealing with in the college game. Yeah. High school sports, 7 Seven-ish. Seven-ish. Uh, so high school sports continue to be underway here in uh, in the state of Alabama. Uh, I think flag football gets underway tonight is what I was uh, yes, picked up. Yes. Smith Station plays their first game tonight. So if you're heading out there, it's behind the high school at the soccer fields, uh, behind the actual high school, not at the football stadium. Uh, who who'd they? she say they're taking on Eufaula, right? Um, I can't remember. I, I th- think that's right. I think they're taking on Eufaula because that's a region team, and she mistakenly scheduled them before the that's regions your, came yep, out. Exactly. You're exactly right. Uh, so shout out to the uh, Smith Station women's flag football team as they get underway tonight as they look to uh, build on their success last year and continue to forge ahead. Also, something fun we like to do around here. We didn't talk about it yesterday, and I, it's it's not the same because it's not hump day. But we do have a hump day update, and it's kind of important today, so let's get to it. Time for your sports call hump day update on the Campbell Camels football team. (laughs) That's right. I didn't know that existed. The Campbell Camels. We forgot to do it yesterday (laughs) on the show, but it's important. We have to do it. Do you know why it's important, Brant? Because it's a sponsored segment. No. All right. (laughs) It's important that we do it. Because the Campbell Camels kick off their football season in one hour. Really? That's right. They're the Campbell a Thursday Camels, night game. They are a Thursday night game as they are home in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. That's their that's their that's uh, where they play. Bowie's Creek ESPN Plus. They take on the Citadels, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central. Campbell Camels kick things off tonight. I can't wait. 
Alright, so this spawned from the Kevin Kelly update, right? Yes. And now Kevin Kelly no no longer being a head football coach in college because Campbell Campbell beat him like 72 to 6. That's right. And so now we've just shifted our attention from the Presbyterian Blue Hose to the Campbell Camels. Yeah, and... Listen, it works on Wednesday because it's hump day. Camels have humps. Yeah, absolutely. Hump day update. That's fantastic. But they kick off their season. We had to get it in this week because they kick off tonight. The Citadel Bulldogs come to town. This theme song kind of slaps. Or this fight song kind of slaps. I was say theme song. Barker Lane Stadium is going to be lit up tonight. What is folks. the what is the capacity of what is it, Barker Lane? Barker Lane Stadium. Does it, it hold is, uh, about 8,000, is uh, my guess? Over or under 8,000 people? That is under. Seating, hold on. You want seating capacity or how many fans they've? Uh, they're all-time high fans. Give me, give me seating capacity first. Uh, the seating capacity, as of the updated, uh, they re, redid it in twenty thirteen. Renovated. Yeah, fifty five hundred. Okay. Is the is okay. the seating capacity decent? Their largest crowd, uh, the inaugural game at the stadium in two thousand eight, was attended by a standing room crowd of fifty eight or not fifty eight thousand. Five thousand awesome. eight hundred and forty-five. Nice. So five thousand eight hundred forty-five is their largest largest crowd at Barker Lane Stadium, and they get underway tonight. One last question for you, since you have the Google machine open right now. I always have the Google machine open. Fair enough. What is the uh, student population? Oh, that's of Campbell a... University or University of Campbell, whichever one it is. Campbell University. Campbell University. How many camels are there? That was, keep talking. that was that was cool. All right, so Campbell University. I think we've uh, they have. I think we've answered this before, but as of the last time they've updated this, which was the 2018-2019 survey uh, academic survey, they had an undergrad population of three thousand six hundred ninety-six students. Okay, so you could fit all of them in Barker yeah. Lane Stadium. You, you, the, the entire stadium is the student section. Yeah. You can get them all, and, get, get and they better. Support. All three thousand six hundred and ninety-six. If the you know it, it may have gone up since then, but all you students at Campbell University, you get out there and support your Campbell Camels tonight as they take on the Citadel in less than an hour. Who is the head coach of the Campbell Camels? Well, I am. Give me his career trajectory. I am so glad that you asked, Brent, <laughs> who the the head coach is. The head coach of the Campbell Camels is Coach Mike Minter. M-I-N-T-E-R. Any relation to AJ? Uh, I don't know, but uh, he is a former Carolina Panther standout. Okay. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer. Okay. In his 10th season as the head coach at Campbell University. Over the last nine seasons, Campbell has reset nearly every record in the school books. Campbells have been named first or second all-team all-conference 46 times, while 37 have been tabbed honorable mention all-league. Mike Minter's got a got a little dynasty going here, folks. Yeah, a little little small time college football powerhouse. That's right. Uh, not small time. How dare you? Well, student population of three thousand. <laughs> Let me see. If Nothing against small uh, schools. Look, man, I went to a school called Middle Georgia State. It had four campuses, and there weren't more than five hundred kids on each one. Let's say before we go, to, we're about to hit our next breaks. So let me go ahead and uh, let me see if I can get our career trajectory for Mike Minter. Uh, played at Nebraska, as I said, 1997 second-round pick, went to Carolina, played from 97 to 2006 for the Carolina Panthers. And as a head coach, or as a coach, he was a head coach at First Assembly Christian High School up in North Carolina from 2008 to 2010. Then he was the assistant uh, head coach at Johnson C. Smith uh, University in Charlotte. 
Then he was a special teams coordinator at Liberty for a year before taking over as head coach at Campbell in 2013. So that is your did Campbell we, Camels update. Did we only pick Campbell because their coach used to play for Carolina? Was that a JJ decision? No, it's the Camels. Hump Day update, Brant. I, I, I'm just trying to connect the dots. They kick off in 45 minutes. They do, and I'll be rooting for them. Against the Citadel Bulldogs. Go Camels. ESPN Plus is where you can find it. Ah, shame. You better tune in. <laughs> and now let's. Uh, let, now that we're done with that, <laughs> let's hit our next break. On the other side of this, Zach Blackerby awesome. from Locked On Auburn joins the program. We'll talk. We'll shift back to Auburn now. Auburn takes on Mercer on Saturday. We'll talk all things Auburn football. Shift away from the Campbell Camels. Back to what everybody actually wants to hear about. You're listening to Sports Call right after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. I hope that everyone's doing well on this Thursday, the 1st of September. Man, oh man, football season is here. Can you believe it? It's been a lot of fun to talk about for hours and hours and hours, just trying to get to kickoff. And we finally gotten there, it feels like. Just a few more hours left to go. We talked about the countdown is on for the Tiger Tailgate Show. Less than 48 hours away from Andy Birchman Company to be on the air, getting a set for kickoff. And the next thing you know, we'll be watching the game between the Tigers and Mercer. And so we want to get more prepared for the game. And anytime you need help preparing for anything in life, I think it's best that you utilize your friends and great resources. And that is why we're going to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the program, Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked on Auburn. How did you celebrate that it's September now, buddy? How have you celebrated today, Zach? Man, I, uh, I've been listening to Sports Call. I think that's the best <laughs> way to celebrate anything. That's a great way to celebrate things. I appreciate the uh, the shout out there because look, we're, we're uh, like I said, forty eight, fifty some hours away from football being played inside Jordan Hare Stadium. It's about time we start to get answers to all these questions we've been asking, as opposed to kind of having to guess at what's going to take place. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I think that's being hopeful. Are we going to learn more about TJ Finley in the quarterback battle? Are we going to learn more about you know who the true starting five offensive linemen are? Like. We'll see who they trot out first. We'll see how much T.J. Finley plays and at what point in the game do they pull him to put Robbie Ashford in. We'll, we'll see some of that. Um, I don't know how much legitimate information we're going to get. We'll get some stuff, though, for sure. Uh, it'll be a lot better <laughs> than the information we've gotten from uh, from fall practice so far. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out because you're right. It is important to point out the level of competition. But something is greater than nothing, and we will have some footage, some evidence and that sort of thing as this game gets going. So uh, talking quarterback specifically, T.J. Finley is the guy. Uh, it felt like we were going to get to this point given how fall camp played out and that sort of thing, Zach. But uh, ultimately, what kind of expectations do you have for T.J. when you're getting set to take on a team like Mercer to start the year? 
I think TJ's taken a, a big step, and I know a lot of Auburn fans are uh, are skeptical, and some even to the point where they're upset that TJ was named starter. But look, you know, you, you guys are out there too. Every time we got to see all of these quarterbacks compete, and it's, it was a limited viewing window every time, of course. But TJ consistently has looked like the best passer of the four quarterbacks in like six of the eight practices, something like that that we've seen. And to be honest, the other two uh, was, was Holden Gurner. It wasn't even Calzada or Ashford, in my opinion. So I think, I think TJ was, was the right move, and I think we will see how some of that is. Um, I think it will be proven to some extent on Saturday, but still, I mean, how much information are we really going to get? But it will be fun to see how much they open it up. And how much they uh, they choose to run it with Tank, Jarquez, and Damari, it'll be fun to see. But yeah, uh, you know, give TJ as many reps as you need him to, because it's going to be a long season for sure. Who scores the first touchdown of the year for Auburn? I was asked this the other day in a in a mailbag that I wrote for AuburnDaily.com, and uh, I went with the the least surprising answer uh, as possible. I went with Tank Bigsby. He was the first to score. You're so smart. Last year, yeah. uh, I believe. I, I'll play the odds, JJ. I'll play the odds. But, you know, my heart wants to say Coy Moore, 72-yard strike on a skinny post, but I, I, I just don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. Zach, we've heard a lot this offseason about the the numerous wide receivers that seem to have stepped up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Obviously, not all of these guys can be superstars, but of the wide receivers that are unknown commodities, who do you think is going to have the most impact this season? I think it's Tarvarish Dawson. In an offseason that has been filled with excitement of Coy Moore transferring from LSU to Auburn, or Malcolm Johnson Jr. possibly taking that next step, or Cedric Jackson coming back for his 30th year at Auburn, uh, there's been so much attention on those guys, even Camden Brown, um, you know, with the excitement that he's been able to bring as a true freshman. But to me, I think it's Tarvarish Dawson. Uh, I put out a, a bold predictions podcast this morning on Locked on Auburn. Uh, I did eight bold predictions, and one of them was that Tarvarish Dawson will lead Auburn in targets and in receptions. We've heard nothing but great things about him from this coaching staff. And look, Kobe Hudson, he, he led Auburn in, in targets and receptions a year ago, and, and it appears Tarvarish Dawson will have that role locked up as a starter going into Saturday's game. So I think Tarvarish Dawson makes a statement on uh, on Saturday, and I don't think it'll just be because they're playing Mercer. I think that'll be the new normal. I think Tarvarish Dawson's going to have, uh, have a really big year, guys. We keep talking in the passing game. We've talked tight ends over the last uh, five, ten years. A lot of that conversation focused uh, because Gus Malzahn's the head coach, and man, is there ever a tight end on the field, and what are they doing out there? And then this past season, Harson comes in, and we discussed tight end production a lot a year ago because it was just so different from what we saw from Gus Malzahn's offenses. So, Zach, when you look at, at the passing game still, and again, knowing that uh, a bold prediction, Dawson's going to have a big season for Auburn, how do you expect the tight end room to factor in here in 2022? Yeah, I mean, obviously, John Samuel Shanker's a part of it, right? I mean, he, he came back for a reason. Uh, he was voted team captain. You know, I, I think he's going to be a big part of this offense, both with blocking as well as in the passing game. And so, you know, I, I was surprised when I was looking at numbers yesterday. Uh, you know, he didn't score a touchdown last year. John Samuel <laughs> Shanker didn't, which is kind of crazy to think about. you got to think that changes, right? you got to think that he's going to be – 
a factor in the red zone where Auburn really kind of wasn't great at last year. Maybe that's something that they're able to use some size with John Daniel Shanker, a Landon King, Shedrick Jackson, you know, kind of do a bigger set in, in those situations. I think there's a lot of upside to that. And so I think that's going to be part of it. But I think you're going to see a lot of rotation among the tight ends. I think you'll see John Samuel, obviously. I think Luke Deal will be a part of it. I think Jake Brown will be a part of it. And then, you know, we, we still heard good things about Brendan Frazier. You know, you ask, uh, you ask John Samuel about this tight end room. Um, he really likes what uh, Brandon Frazier has done over the offseason. So is there a role for all of these guys? And then obviously Landon King, who isn't a tight end anymore, but he still kind of looks like one. And then, you know, the future of the position is Michael Riley Ducker. I don't know what his role necessarily is going to look like this year, but a lot of fun when you look at the tight end room. A lot of, lot, a lot, a lot of upside. Zach, we're just a little over 48 hours from Auburn and Mercer trotting out into Jordan-Hare Stadium. Auburn yet to see the field this year. Mercer has played a game, 63-13 win over Moorhead State this past weekend. What can Auburn fans and what are the Tigers expecting to see on the field from this Bears team on Saturday? So uh, Mercer, they scored a lot of points against a really bad Moorhead State team. I mean, the Moorhead State defense, they just had no interest in tackling. And so – you know, Mercer really made a living this past weekend off of big play after big play after big play. And uh, their receiver, number 13, was the best player on the field, and it wasn't even close. And so I think it'll be fun to see who covers 13, right? Is it going to be Jalen Simpson at corner, or will it be the other corner, Nehemiah Pritchett? That'll be fun to see. Does somebody follow them? Do they play certain roles? Uh, that, that's kind of one of the more detailed things I'm looking forward to seeing on Saturday night. But, you know, this, uh, this offense, they ran the ball really, really well against Moorhead State. They averaged over nine yards a carry. I don't think they're going to be able to do that on Saturday. If they are, um, it's going to be very, very concerning. So I think if they're going to have to score, they're going to try to bring that physical mindset that they did against Moorhead State. I don't think it'll work. And then they're going to go to the passing game and their passing game is 13, and then there's a massive drop-off before they get to the next person. So that'll be uh, – I, I think that's what it is. They're going to try to try to make 13 their offense, and, man, he, uh, he did a good job of that last week. 13 is Ty James. He is a University of Georgia transfer, the internet tells me. Uh, Zach, answer this question, true or false. Moorhead State would have been better off if Janai Broom was out there playing cornerback covering <laughs> Ty James. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, you're I'm okay cool with, with that? that? Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine with that. I was too, just Dick. trying to Absolutely. make a connection and, and thought Moorhead State, Janai Broom, you know, we could do that. No, I, I think that's great. As always, you bring a unique and very intelligent perspective <laughs> to the table, and uh, I continue to appreciate it. <laughs> All right, I, I do want to talk defense, though, for Auburn, because you mentioned it's, it, like that is a chess match. You've got this uh, great wide receiver that accounts for so much of this Mercer offense, and you've got secondary guys that haven't been the guy. Roger McCreary has left. Smoke Monday is not on the back end of that secondary. Like, who are we going to walk away Let's say the first month of the season. After the first month of the season has concluded, who are we talking about the most in that secondary for Auburn? I think most people will say Donovan Coffin or Nehemiah Pritchett. Okay. Donovan Coffin for his versatility and leadership. Nehemiah Pritchett for, I mean, I think he's a pretty good cover corner. I'll give you a different answer because I'm sure other people will say those two. I think Jalen Simpson's the guy. I just think when you look at the run that Auburn corners have had with these bump and run type style of play dating all the way back to Carlton Davis and uh, 
Jamel Dean, then to Noah Monogany, then to you know Roger McCreary. I mean, there's just been a run. Jalen Simpson checks a lot of the boxes of what these guys had going into their breakout year. And he's been around. I mean, they, they wanted to start him in 2020. Again, he had a really good game against Kentucky in that season opener. He kind of got banged up and hasn't really been, you know, given a, a full shot since then, which makes sense just because Roger's been that number one guy. But I think Jalen Simpson is ready to have a huge, a huge season going into this year. Zach Blackerby is here with us from Locked On Auburn, a daily podcast each and every day on the Auburn Tigers. Uh, how can we support you and everything that you've got going on, Zach? Give us the plugs. Yeah, just search Locked On Auburn wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And all of my written work is at auburndaily.com. We launched Auburn Daily with Sports Illustrated back in February, and we've covered some basketball. We've covered you know, the entire baseball season. That was a lot of fun, but we finally get to cover an Auburn football game on Saturday, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So check all that out. We're going to have live blogs. We're going to have instant reaction to things. We're going to have press conference knows everything. That'll be at auburndaily.com. Talk to you soon, Zach. Thanks for the time today. This was fun. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, that's Zach Blackerby joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line, joining us here on the program. I know that Brant and Brooks in the studio don't appreciate when someone you know refers to me as intelligent or just the perspective that I well, offer to a show. Someone, somebody's got to do it, right? Someone has to. Let someone's me beat you to it. it. It's yeah, not so, going to be us. Someone's got to do it. So um, I'll put Zach's check in the mail. And, uh, and take care of that. All right, we need a timeout. We'll pay some bills. Our show continues here in a moment on Sports Call. JJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress, Brant Autry, Drew Behenna. Thanks again to Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked on Auburn, for joining us on the show a moment ago. If you would like to be a part of the program, call us. We want to talk to you. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 September is here. August came to a close. We've got some monthly predictions to catch you up to speed on. And a couple of other housekeeping things here on the program. But talking college football and talking about this Auburn Tigers football team as they get set for the upcoming year, the first touchdown of the season is such a big discussion. And it's one of our monthly predictions. I've asked our guests over the last few days who they expect to find the end zone for Auburn to start the year. On Twitter earlier this week, I went back over the last 20 years to tell you who scored the first touchdown of the season for the Auburn Tigers. So, Drew, I start with you. I ask you, who's going to get into the end zone first? I'll take Jarquez Hunter on a return. First time we <laughs> touch the ball, mm. we're in. Wow. Mm. Wow. That's, a, That's good, a bold prediction that's right a there. Good pick. That's a really good pick. That would really be a strong start to the year. And I also, it's kind of a fail-safe because he is our second running back. And right. There's a chance. Right. We'll, we'll go with I the just asked return. who. I, you know, you, you went above and beyond, and you said this is how it's going to happen. Yeah, we need more kick return touchdowns because those are always epic. 
when they happen. But you think Jarquez is going to find the end zone? Yeah, I think I think he'll increase his yardage from last year as sure. well, and both his returns and as um, the halfback. But yeah, I think I I'm hopeful. Again yeah. That uh, first time we touch the ball this year, we'll score. You know, it's funny. You think about Jarquez last season, and he came on so strong early in the year and had a big performance against LSU. Had the go-ahead touchdown uh, to win the ball game that Auburn was able to win for the first time in forever there in Baton Rouge. And then the middle portions and towards the end of the year, who was Jarquez? Like, where did that guy yeah. go? Like, he, he, he really, a little bit. really fell off. And now he's had a full off season and has had success as a freshman a year ago. Let's talk a little bit more about Jarquez. I mean, yeah, Tank gets all the love. He should. Tank Bigsby should get the love. But... You've got 27 right behind him in Jarquez Hunter. Yeah, Jarquez has apparently gotten a little bit bigger this year too. He's uh, he's a little bit a little bit heavier. Should be, uh, help him run in between the tackles a little bit last year because that was his biggest problem. I think was he he'd go between the tackles and just kind of get stuffed. But you could argue that that was Tank's problem too. But uh, I, I think that this uh, this next season uh, that extra weight's going to help him. And I think he uh, while Tank Bigsby is going to be the feature not only at the running back position but of this offense. Uh, I think that Jarquez has a, a better chance to help later in the season. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> when you, you look at take the, that again, <laughs> I think when uh, when you look at this Auburn team, and you know one of the big it didn't has not really mattered who the coach has been. It's always been who the running back is. Uh, you know, Auburn's always had a history of having good running backs and having running backs that you know are are kind of the workhorses of the offense. You've had some good wide receivers in the past, but you you know the Auburn's history, at least since you know. Uh, since the you know, the visible history yeah. that you can you know you, you very very much think about it's been Living a running memory like, for sure yeah you, you think about running backs uh, and you know obviously as as you as you said Tank Bigsby is the guy that is going to get all the love and praise and cause, you know he's going to be the he's the number one back and he's you know a really really talented guy Jarquez Hunter is you know always that is is that guy that's typically the second guy you always think about there's always you know when when you look at all the running backs there's always a kind of a pair of them that are the big the workhorses you always have the feature back that is you know just absolutely i'm i'm beast mode i'm gonna i'm gonna run everybody over and then you've got a a secondary back that gets some of the love and he's you know obviously he's he's also a talented running back but i think that the biggest thing for jarquez this year is just staying healthy you know, yeah. you you look at a, you know you look at him last year. I think that's one of the things that kind of hindered him when you go down the stretch there. Is he came on so strong, and with Tank being you know kind of banged up a little bit here and there, he got more carries than he got banged up. And so once Tank was back uh, more more healthy at the end of the year, uh, you had Jerquez who was kind of hurt, and you you didn't really go to your third back as much, or you didn't go to or go to Jerquez as much because he was on the injured side of things. And so I think that's going to be the biggest deal here is for Jarquez to get in there and get his carries, but try to you know try to stay healthy. And I know that's not not his decision if he gets hurt. Yeah, stay, just stay healthy is um, easier said than done. But that, like football, that's going to be a big factor this year, especially when you look at this you know this offense. You're trying to get the passing game going a little bit here with this offense. What makes a good passing game? It's a good running game for sure. And uh, you know Jarquez is uh, a guy that. Can step up on you know and on downs that tanks not on the field, and can get some good yardage, get some first downs, carry the ball well, and you know it it's it's possible that 
he could work his way in to be, you know, kind of a 1A or a 1B kind of guy. You know, you got Tank as a 1A or 1, and you can, if Jarquez runs well, you can, you know, maybe get into the point where it's 1A, 1B with Jarquez and Tank Bigsby, and you don't really know who's going to trot out there. Uh, I went like what Zach did. I, I hedged my bets with uh, who I thought was going to be the first touchdown of the year. I went with Tank Bigsby because he is the feature back. He is the, the guy I did, that I did as well. That gets a lot of, you know, a lot of hype and uh, you know, there's there's some people out there put him in, you know, the dark horse Heisman hype uh, to start the year. But, you know, you hedge the bets, you look at it, you know, hey, who who got the first touchdown of the year last year? It was Tank Bigsby. I thought about going with a, a wide receiver. I thought about you know going with the passing touchdown, um, but I just my mind just kept going back. I think that, that Auburn's going to drive it down the field methodically uh, to start the game and get down there with Tank Bigsby's going to get a going to get a big run in the end zone. Brant, you said you you uh, did Tank Bigsby as well. Yeah, I really like Tank Bigsby a lot. Uh, I think he's one of the better backs in the country, um, and I think if Auburn's offensive line can hold up while well, I. I certainly think they should against Mercer. Uh, I, you know, I, I haven't even ta- I haven't been able to talk about this on the show yet. But losing Nick Brahms really sucks. Uh, having a, a three-year starter and four-year contributor um, end up leaving the program for because his body just can't hold up anymore. That really, I my I, my heart hurts for him because uh, he he's by by all accounts just a great kid. Uh, was never the best football player, but was good. Was smart. Was uh, fairly good at center and. You know, losing him, losing all of those starts really hurts. And so now you've got this new kid coming in here, Tate Johnson, um, and a lot is going to be asked to him very quickly. Um, and Nick is still going to be with the team, but he can't be out there anymore. Uh, and, you know, Tate Johnson's going to have to grow up in a hurry, and we've heard a lot of good stuff about him. Um, the number behind, the number beside his height worries me. It, he's what, like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, which is fine for a center. Uh, but 285, 285 is light. Um, but you know, they say he he he's going to put on more weight as the season goes on, and he is strong enough to handle himself right now. So uh, I, I'm hoping that works out. And uh, you know, if nothing else, while while you do lose a guy for this year, next season you are not losing Nick Brahms anymore. You now will have a guy in the center of your offensive line who has a full year of experience under his belt. Uh, That's a assuming, good point. assuming that everything goes well and you get a jump start on the future of the program, but you know, you kind of in win now mode. Let's grab a phone call. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine to be on the program as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line. Joining us on the program is Tony from Tuskegee. Tony has called into sports call today. Hi Tony. Yeah, how y'all doing? Great. How about you, sir? All right, all right. Yeah. Well, Tell me something. I'm looking for a close game with Mercer. Oh, no. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm looking for a close game for this simple fact that nobody has confidence in T.J. Finley. Well, Tony, I I think this coaching staff has a lot of confidence in T.J. Finley. I know the fans certainly don't uh, because we haven't seen him yet, but the coaches and the players are saying that he's turned a corner. Now, has he? We'll, We'll see. Yeah, but what I think most of do is stack the box and let him be. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what they do and see if they uh, force T.J. Finley to make some plays with his arm uh, and, and sees what he's able to do there. So 
Uh, I'm excited. I'm just excited for a debut. I'm definitely supportive of TJ Finley, and let's see if we can get this season off on a good note. Oh, yeah, I was just hoping that you all just started the season. You know, I... We've missed you. This has been a good phone call today, Tony. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, man. Yeah, good to hear from you. have a good one, and hope we have a great year this year. In uh, that's right. That's right. War Eagle. That's our good pal, Tony. From Tuskegee, joining us here on the program. 334-887-3401. Back-to-back phone calls. We go back to the phone lines now. We've got... Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called into Sports Call today. What's going on, Anthony? JJ, how y'all doing? Great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, I was sitting here laughing. Tell me the good word. You know, I keep hearing all this Heisman talk and this and that. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. He has the potential to do that, but I keep got question marks about his offensive line, especially with... Brahma's not coming back, and now you got to go to a guy that's, what, 285, 275 pounds, a little bit of, uh, underweight a little bit, hadn't had enough Wheaties and uh, pancakes in him. So, uh, I don't know, that's a big question mark on how good this guy may yeah, be. Yeah, you got to uh, make sure he's protecting the quarterback. You know, not only protecting, but being able to make the calls and lead that line and, and all that kind of stuff as far as the communication standpoint, as far as that goes. But, but you know, I'm going to tell you, now, Bigsby, if he want to come out winning a, a, a Heisman, he need to go ahead and get him 250 yards uh, this weekend uh, against Mercer and then come back next week and get him another 250. That'll give him 500 yards. Then you got 10 games left. He can average 100 yards a game, and you're looking at 1,500 yards and whatever touchdowns he get. Then you might be talking about uh, him winning that, that coveted bowl Heisman, the best it is, the best it ever was, the best it ever will be. But uh, we'll see what he does. But he's going to have to go ahead and get those yardage big time in these first couple of games because they're playing a cupcake. Got something less than a park and recreation team coming in here. And so I'm going to go ahead and get my pick in. I think Auburn will probably score about 63 points. I think Mercer will probably have that drive like everybody do, come out, you know, uh, clicking on all cylinders or whatnot, yeah. all excited and get three points. And then it fills out and get three points a uh, field goal. So I say 63 to three. I like it, man. A 60-point difference. Look at you. This is the positive Anthony that I love. I want to hear well, from just, this guy more often. Well, I'm just telling you like I see it. I mean, you're, only, you're playing Mercer now. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, but, I, you know, you could, you know, some folks, like Tony said a moment ago, he thinks the game's going to be much closer. So for you to tell me you think it could be 63-3, to I love that. Well, I don't know how he'd come up with that, but everybody's entitled <laughs> to their own That's thing. right, and that's why we, we let gonna, everybody call into the show. But we're going to find this thing out. What we got, about 72 hours before we – what we got, 48 hours? Less than that, yeah, 48. Yeah, less than 48 hours, we're going to find it out. Guys, yeah. I'll call y'all later um, and talk to y'all. I'm in traffic right now, and I got to get with it. I'll talk to y'all later. Hey, all right. We'll see you. That's right. our good buddy Anthony from Auburn dealing with some traffic around town, joining us on the program. Man, I would I'm sign up. You, when the students get here, the traffic just gets awful. You're not lying. I would sign up for a 63-3 to game. Uh, absolutely. I'm signing the dotted line right All now. Right. I'm right done. Now, I take it. I'm done. 63-3. to I Print would it. take it. No need to watch the game on Saturday. Print I will take that score. Any objections? Not here. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. I think people in Macon may object, <laughs> yeah. but... Just a Listen, little bit. As, I, I, I love Mercer. I've got connections to Mercer. Almost went to Mercer. Uh, it, respect the Bears. All right? Respect the Bears. But Auburn ought to win this game would pretty you, Would you like to head up our new sports call, Macon? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I get to live it. I love the city of Macon, man. I grew up about 30 minutes south of there. I love Macon. All you got to do is talk Mercer Bears. Yeah. And Georgia Bulldogs. Heck, no. 
We want to hear from not. you. It's game week. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 Get more predictions in as well. What do you think will happen in Saturday's game between Auburn and Mercer? We already got a 63-3 to final score prediction. An eagle will fly around the stadium. That's your prediction? That is my prediction. Yeah, a football game fair. will be played, barring Prob- any kind of disaster. Probably fair. Probably fair. Yeah. You a got any bold predictions you want to throw in there? TJ Finley will start at quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No stomach bugs. Stay away from those or, you yeah, know, man. like Good Lord. waking up ill, missing the bus. Don't want to see any of that take place. <laughs> what if TJ Finley does wake up just sick on game day and they trot out Robbie Ashford? Oh, that would throw everybody. I, yeah. I would lose my mind. <laughs> hey, we've reached the end of the second hour of Sports Call. It's been a lot of fun alongside. Drew Behenna, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry. My name is JJ Jackson. Two hours of the Bucks, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, and our intern Drew Behenna. We're having a whole lot of fun on this Thursday. A lot has been accomplished so far on the program, and we still got an hour left with you. If you would like to be a part of the program, call us 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We do this every single day at 5 o'clock. Here is your Daily Show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show recap. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Well, 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 our daily show recap here on this Thursday, September 1st, 2022. What's happened on the show so far, Brant? Uh, what has happened on the show? We've had a ton of callers. We talked to Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn. Uh, we had our hump day update. Yes, we did uh, on a Thursday. Thursday. But uh, the Campbell Camels play tonight, if you were curious. And we have talked a whole lot of football, if you can believe it. Uh, given that Auburn kicks off against Mercer Saturday. Yeah, they Saturday, do indeed. Saturday, is, so literally like 49 hours from now. And we're okay with that. We're so okay He's with like, that. He's like, we're so okay with it. Wish I'm it not even sooner. questioning it. I, I said this on Monday's show. Yeah, we tell me. talked a ton. We have made this predictions. This is your first offseason with us. We have. It was my first offseason. Um, we have made predictions. We have talked. We have pontificated we have given our opinions 
The time for that is over, and we are ready to play football. Do you, Finally. Do you think that's the first time the word pontificate has been said on this show before? I don't think so. It's a show that's lasted 27 years. I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. What do you think, Brooks? How about I turn your mic on? That might help. I was going to say it, but then you, you keep turning my mic off, so yeah, it could have sorry. been said before. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you were going to say pontificate. Yeah. Po- uh, pontificate. I'll, be, I'll be totally honest. I may have misused that word. Uh, I don't think I did. Does anybody know? Impress us here. I don't know what the word means. I failed that part of the uh, Give us the official school. definition. I, I'm Googling. I, I may have meant prognosticate. Which Prognosticate is, is a here. prediction. Absolutely. Yeah. But pontificate think, is a word. I think it's pontificate thinking? is a word, isn't it? Like uh, ex- thinking. Ex- yeah, it's express one's express one's opinions in a way considered annoyingly pompous and dogmatic. Mm. So that describes me to a T. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Get that on the back of your jersey. Yeah, sure. I like to point out. Can that I change my number too? Yeah, we we can four, do that. Forty four is a weird number. It's, it's not a, a bad great number. number. Forty four is a great number. Hammer I just don't think Hank. it's me. I don't think it's me. Okay. I just want to point out that the Joe Moorhead led Akron Zips are up three nothing. Okay, let's go. Deal. They got a field goal on the board. Fighting Austin Scotts. Uh, it's been a fun show so far. Is is basically what we're getting at, and we're going to continue that right now as we talk about uh, football. Uh, one week from today, the start of the NFL season, we'll see the reigning Super Bowl champions take on the Buffalo Bills. Today, however, we're talking about the North Divisions, our last two divisions to discuss here on the program, getting a set for the 2022 season. Three big things, NFC North and AFC North. You start with the NFC North, and we are going into a year, gentlemen, where Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. That squad in the NFC North Division continues to kind of lead the way. Would you agree in that assessment, Drew? Um. I would. It obviously hurts to lose someone of Devontae Adams' caliber. but That's a big off-season storyline for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are some people who are very high on the Vikings to potentially win the North, the NFC North this year, and I think they have a better chance than in previous years, but I wouldn't expect a significant drop-off from at least Aaron Rodgers' production. Rodgers is going to find somebody else. Yeah, I mean, they have Lazard. There's a couple other names that are going to step up in production just because. Sammy Watkins is there. And ever, I mean, Rodgers has been doing it so long, right? You talk about the Packers where, okay, Donald Driver was there to start his career, and then we had Jordy Nelson years, and then you had James Jones has been in and out. And then Randall Cobb has been there. He's still on the team. He's still going to be productive for the Packers. Then Devontae Adams really took over and and now the next guy is going to step up tell me what you think about green bay uh i think anytime you have a guy named aaron Rodgers leading your team (laughs) you're going to have a really good chance uh to win the division to make the playoffs and look even though he his struggles in the playoffs are well documented it's become a massive storyline i think he's going to win another super bowl before he retires uh if you know it depends on when he retires obviously but i i really like aaron Rodgers, the football player i think he's the most talented quarterback of all time. I don't know if he's the best from top to bottom, but I think as far as just pure talent, he is the best quarterback of all time. And I think that it's their division to lose at this point. If they lose it, I'd be absolutely shocked. See, I this year I would be less than absolutely shocked just because I think the Vikings are That's fair. getting better and better, especially 
which is crazy to say especially, but especially under Kirk Cousins, who seems to have figured out that offense, especially with Justin Jefferson as his guy. He's handing off to Dalvin Cook, who if he can play a full season, he might yeah. be the best running back in the NFL. For sure. And there are other weapons there, too. I mean, Adam Thielen is one of the best wide receiver twos in the NFL. Um, defense had a decent year last year, and I think they've gotten better with some acquisitions in the offseason. So I think if anyone is going to give Green Bay a run, it absolutely will be the Vikings. I'll say it. I'll say I'll be I'll be the one. I know I'll, I'm the I'm the one in the room that absolutely thinks uh, that the Vikings win this division. Uh, I I do you know the Packers are a, a very good team. There's just so much dysfunction going on there in the last couple years, mainly centered around Aaron Rodgers. Um, and he during the during the preseason he's vo- vocally complained to the media about his wide receivers. I know that you've still got Randall Cobb. I know you've still got uh, you've got Sammy Watkins coming. Is you've Randall still got, Cobb in his forties yet? Because uh, it feels <laughs> allegedly like it. maybe, uh, but you still got Randall Cobb. You've still got uh, Alan Lazard. You do have Sammy Watkins coming in. But you know the fact that he that Aaron Rodgers was complaining about his wide receivers in preseason camp. I, I just it does not bode well. Uh, and they could shock me, but I think this year I'm with, not worried with yeah. a new quarterback. He's 32. Wow. Uh, with with a new quarterback, uh, well not not a new quarterback with a new coach. Uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, I think they take a step forward. I think the Vikings are. Uh, I, if I had to, you know, if you put maybe make a prediction right now, I'd say the Vikings win the division. I think uh, Packers make the playoffs as a wild card team. Um, I think the Lions are going to be better than a lot of people think this year. I think they take a step forward. The big question, another big question, in the NFC North is Justin Fields with the Bears. I think he's got to take a step forward this year, or else they need. They're going to really quickly start looking for other quarterbacks in the future or jumping the gun i mean it's it's one big thing right or or three big things excuse me for the nfc north and we started our focus on green bay still holding on to aaron Rodgers. yeah i wanted to then get to hey justin fields he started to come along towards the end of last year this is number two in our three big things on these divisions sorry and here's justin fields you were so brilliant I just wanted to okay. kind of set you up a little bit. Yeah, so I think, you know... You, you, I'm trying to get the assist, and you're just like, ISO. I, yeah, isolation I, I have here. this, so... I've got this. Get the hell out of here. Um, but, yeah, I think Justin Fields has got to step up, or else the, the Bears are going to start looking into the future. Maybe not next year, uh, but in you know the next couple of years, they're going to start looking at more quarterbacks, because... You know, you if in this day and age in the NFL, you've got to have a good quarterback. And if you see down the road that this guy's not going to be the guy, you've got to quickly pivot and, because coaches don't last that long in the NFL. Coaching staffs, GMs don't last that long in the NFL. You've got to uh, you've got to be able to make adjustments. And I think that Justin Fields, he's got to get on that train right now and make you know make that adjustment. I don't know. I was trying to look at their the rest of their roster. I don't remember who they've got. Uh, Nathan Peterman and Trevor Simeon are also the other two quarterbacks that the Bears have. I don't know if that's – I don't know if they still have both of them after the roster cuts. Peterman. Um, but, you know, you look at their uh, – they don't have a lot of uh, weapons that you're like, oh, this guy is definitely like going to be the guy that they're going to throw to. Or um, you got David Montgomery still. Cole Komet is a name that I think we're going to see more of this year catching passes from Justin Fields if that arm can uh oh, he is still there keep up I, w- I was looking at the depth chart and they didn't have a list on the depth chart and I was like what and then he's still on the roster yeah mm. I, I I can see that Cole Komet's a, a, a good 
I was looking at the tight ends, wasn't I? I was not looking at the tight ends. I was looking at receivers. He is on the depth chart. Um, yeah, I, you know, you just got to – I think Justin Fields just has to take the step forward. And you look at the, the you know, the, rec- the, the record, the schedule for the Bears, you open up with San Francisco, who's – you know, you don't know what's going to happen there with, uh, with um, Trey Lance. Uh, but they're still a good team. Then you're at Green Bay, and you get a couple weeks where it's kind of you know the easier side of things. You got the Giants and the, the the Texans, and then you hit back with the the Vikings, the 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 uh, the Commanders, and then the Patriots before you go to Dallas, Miami, Detroit. You've got some games in there that middle part. Once you hit October, it kind of gets a little more tough. And then I'll tell you what, he's got to show you something this year. And it, like I said. I think Justin Fields, he's, he's got to take a step forward. I think he's got the capability, too, obviously. He's got the talent level to play in the NFL, but he's got to take that next step this year, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Justin Fields a lot. I think he's super talented. Um, I, I loved watching him when he was at Ohio State. Uh, but you're right. He's He's got to show me something. That, well, to be fair, this is his first year as a full-time starter because, remember, Andy Dalton started a large portion of that season last year. Uh, and you know, Justin Fields is going in. It, this is his job now. You know, he is the starter, starting quarterback for the Bears. And I, I'm with you. I, I need to see him take a step forward. But I think he definitely can. Um, and, and that's certainly a storyline to watch throughout the season. I think the fact that those two quarterbacks that you named as backups are the backups mean that the Bears are 110% in. And yes. fully expect him to start every game this season. Oh, yeah. Because if you have to turn to Nathan Peterman... Something has gone wrong. That's I will fair to say, say this. I, I understand like why Nathan Peterman is is kind of a, a meme at this point. A lot of those interceptions, he threw six interceptions in one game. Three of those weren't really his fault. Yeah, it's just the stat. Yeah, this <laughs> the stat will forever exist. Would you want to change that stat? What like in what way? If a pass is tipped. Yes. Or yes. it's you, a half interception. Yeah, it will. I not even like. I mean, if you hit your wide receiver in the hands and he so then drops how do, it how does it, pick, it how does it get registered? I think it I think it goes to the wide receiver. I think it goes to the wide receiver as a wide receiver caused to caused interception. Make errors in football yeah, similar to something, baseball, something like that maybe. I like the error perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, but it has to lead to a. Turnover. We've just never yeah. asked that question before. You know, but yeah, you're right. I, Sometimes it is fair to criticize quarterbacks. I we talked about this in the office yesterday. Uh, we were talking about Auburn and Georgia last year. Auburn's first drive, Bo Nix throws a little flat route to Sean Shivers, uh, and it hits Sean in the face, bounces straight up into the air, and gets picked off by Nicobe Dean. That's a that's an interception for Bo Nix, but it's not Bo Nix's fault that that ball got picked off. But it still counts against his stats. Right. And I I. I would like to see that. Change. You're anti that. Yeah, that's just one example because Shiver should have caught that ball again. It hit him in the it hit him in the mouth, so it probably should have been caught. Yeah, three big things: NFC North division. How about the Detroit Lions? Hard Knox's team uh, that we've been seeing. Dan Campbell, such an energetic character. I love Dan. We Campbell. saw him at the Senior Bowl. He was hilarious. Uh, he's been hilarious to watch on Hard Knocks as well. Jared Goff, another year there in Detroit. They draft Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. He's garnering headlines so far through training camp. Drew, tell me something about Detroit that intrigues you. Um, Campbell having another year with the team. Obviously, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was one of, if not the most interesting college football players last year. Just his size, power, ability, all 
were incredible. And I think their offense might get a little bit better too. Amon Ross St. Brown, we saw flashes last year where he looked like a true wide receiver one, and I expect him to continue that into this year and really come out firing. Jared Goff is going to be more comfortable under the offense, and I think they'll definitely increase their uh, win total from the previous season. Uh, like I said a, a little bit ago, I I do think the Lions are going to be better than they were last year. I think the Lions, and we talked about it earlier this week when we did our AFC East preview, I think the Lions are one of these teams that you look back at at the end of the year, and their win total is not going to uh, is not going to mirror the team that they were. They're going to be in quite a. Few, they're going to be in some games that at the end of the year you're going to look back and you're going to see you know whatever the record be you know last year what they were three thirteen and one. Um, you know, you. I, I think that this. Uh, I think this next year would. You know, I think they get get a few more of those wins because their schedule's favorable. But you know, some games like Minnesota, Green Bay, Dallas, maybe, uh, maybe the Buffalo game. I don't know. They may be in for a little bit, and then they they get you know take and then they, the other team whoever they're playing pulls away a little bit. But you're going to look at that team and you're going to say look at that record. And say this is a better team than you know than what their record shows. And I think a, an underrated uh, addition in the off season uh, was their second first round pick on the for the offense and it was on the offensive side of the ball with Jamison Williams from Alabama. Yeah. Adding him to that wide receiver core along with like you said uh, St. Brown, I think that's going to do wonders for Jared Goff because it gives him another weapon to throw to. Um, and and I think you know this this is a big year for Jared Goff too because. You know, last year he was adjusting to the new area in in Detroit, new team, and you were like, "All right, he's adjusting." This year, you kind of really get to see if Jared Goff's success was a lot more Sean McVay in uh, Los Angeles, or if you know if it's more you know if he's taken some steps forward. Because you know, before uh, McVay got there to L.A. and Jared Goff was there under Jeff Fisher, he wasn't that good. And then he got you know he he got him to do a Super Bowl with with Sean McVay's offense. Took another took a step back last year with Detroit, and everyone's just kind of well, it could be him, but it also could be Detroit this year with a couple more weapons on offense. I think that that question starts to be a little bit more clear in in terms of Jared Goff himself. T.J. Hawkinson is such an interesting tight end for people to talk about, and Amon Ross St. Brown was outstanding a year ago. Jamison Williams, an excellent draft pick, but let's remind people he's not available. He tore his ACL at the end of his. Uh, Alabama career there and he's just now starting to run back in the recovery process so um, still a ways to go before we actually get to see him out on the field. So what we're saying is Brooks is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to catch people up to speed on uh, on kind of what that looks like. So yeah I mean he's a talented player I can't wait to see him get out there and play. They do have uh, we haven't mentioned DeAndre Swift yet and he's a probably should mention him sure at least a top 15 running back in the NFL if not He's edging into that top 10, in my opinion. And if he has the year that I and I think a lot of expe- a lot of people expect him to, we're going to be seeing his name talked about with that Tier 1 running back class in the NFL. No doubt about that. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break of the hour. We'll keep talking football right after this. Three big things on the NFC North. What about the AFC side of things? That's coming up next here on Sports Call.
Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. All right, welcome back to it. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson, Drew Bahena, Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry in our studio. Moving along and always got our eye on the time as the show's winding down here in the final hour of Sports Call today. So let's keep it moving. Let's I go to the AFC North. I used to get in trouble for doing that in class. You're staring at the clock. It's the best thing to Waiting do. for lunch. Yeah. Brooks, are you like, paying attention? How much yeah. time is left? 15 minutes. 30 minutes left in the show. That was always a great way to learn time, you know, in school. Like, you'd look at the, how much time do I have to still be in here? Yeah, you had to do and a lot of you do the math, math in your head, and yeah. then next thing you know, you're using it for the rest of your life. Cool beans. Up, uh, Brent. Hello. The one thing that intrigues you about the AFC North is what? Uh, I'm going to say the Baltimore Ravens. You're going Ravens. Okay. Specifically Lamar Jackson. He's back. He's back. He's healthy. He is a guy that it's it's kind of weird to say that a guy who has an MVP next to his name kind of needs to prove himself. I don't think anybody's going to say that Lamar Jackson's a bad quarterback, but can you win a Super Bowl with him? We we don't know, and it certainly seems that they have been on their way a couple of times and then just kind of hit speed bumps. I don't know. I don't know. The Ravens have been a very intriguing team since he took over that quarterback spot, and I, I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I think he's a really good quarterback, and this is an example of me eating crow because I didn't think he was going to be a great quarterback, but he's proven me wrong. And, and man, I don't know. The Ravens as a whole are just so interesting to me. I think they're either first or second in that division, and they're they're up against it with the Bengals, um, who obviously just went to went to the Super Bowl. So that's that's a pretty good season, even if you didn't win it. Going to it is pretty solid. Um, I don't know. Is he the quarterback you were most wrong on in your life? At the NFL level. From college to the NFL? Yeah. Let me think. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Brooks, you got one? What was the question? I thought Jared Stidham was going to be in the NFL quarterback starter. that you were most years. wrong about. I was staring at the clock. Um, <laughs> the quarterback that I was the Clever. most wrong about. Yeah. I'll, you know who it was? Um, it going went, to the NFL. Going to the NFL. Because mine's great. It was. Um, Oh, what was his name? And I, I it wasn't that long ago. Um, was it the dude who went to Florida? No. And played played before Tebow? No. Okay. Chris was, Leak. Was it Tim Tebow? No. Okay. Chris Leak is from Charlotte, North Carolina. So shout ah, out so to... He's your uh, guy. I do, I, I do like him, yeah. But Hold that's on. not... I, I'm going to get his name in a second. Yeah, you keep thinking. Do you know the quarterback that I'm going to bring up, Brooks? You, you know who it was? Who was it? I know. I think I know what quarterback you were going to bring up. Okay. Um, I've but talked my, about him a lot on Sports Call you have. about being wrong. Mine was Mason Rudolph, the Oklahoma State quarterback. Uh, when yeah. he was yeah. in college, I was convinced that he was going to be a better NFL quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Right. I was I was so I was I was all in on Mason And he Rudolph. has oh, had opportunities oh I, I at Oklahoma or at, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, he has I remember. had opportunities for the Steelers. I remember what mine is now. Does anybody come to mind for you, Drew? Uh it's 50-50 because the only one that comes to mind for me is Jameis Winston, right? Because I thought he was going to be a one of the guys in the right. NFL. I was fully bought in coming out of Florida State that he was coming into the league and going to make a playoff run pretty much year in year out. You're a Bills fan though, because of EJ Manuel. Yes, and being from Tallahassee, Florida, 
I grew up a Florida State Seminole fan, and E.J. Manuel was obviously one of my guys at Tallahassee. And he was drafted by the Buffalo Bills in 20. Whatever, and you yeah. needed an, it. Yeah. It makes sense. Early 10s. But I needed I'm t- a team, early 10s, before Jameis. And he brought me to Did the Did you Bills. have higher expectations for E.J. Manuel? Not particularly. Okay. I because I was gonna him. say that could that's a little off to think this guy, but you didn't think he yeah, would have. Yeah, no, okay. not quite. He was never outstanding at right. Florida State, but good enough for the Bills at that point. And it turned into Josh Allen all yeah. these years later, so it seemed to work out. And Who was it? I so this guy I thought was gonna be a Hall of Fame lock. Like I watched this guy in college, and I said this guy has every tool. He has everything you could ever want in an NFL quarterback. He's gonna be great. It was uh, Josh Rosen. I remember when Josh Rosen was at UCLA, I watched him lead that comeback against Texas A&M, and I said, this dude's incredible. This is an incredible quarterback. And he was definitely an incredible quarterback for the college game. I take him at Auburn right now, but uh, just did not pan out at all in the NFL. You know who's another quarterback I was really high on? Who's that? Uh, Sean Mannion out of Oregon State. I forgot that was a about big that name. Sean Mannion guy. I forgot that name. Who was the quarterback who played? The, Auburn played against him in a bowl game. The quarterback that you were most massive. wrong about. He was not the quarterback I was most wrong no, about. No, I know I that. I thought he was I'm, still going to be really good. Um, and I can't remember. It, it was a it was a Birmingham Bowl forever ago. Oh, uh, uh, Brady White? No. 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 The, the Memphis, Memphis quarterback, quarterback, Paxton yes. Lynch. Yeah, Paxton that's Lynch. who it yes. was. Paxton Lynch. That was another Memphis quarterback I named. He was massive. I remember him being huge. And Does I re- anybody I remember that he pro- thro- threw the prettiest ball of all time? The quarterback was, that I was most wrong about going to the NFL. It was a Penn State quarterback, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Was it Trace McSorley? It was not. No. Okay. It was b- before Trace he McSorley, was, oh, right? He, well, he hasn't played in the NFL, has he? Right. He's on a team, but he, he was played. before Trace McSorley. Yeah. My quarterback is legendary. <laughs> Legendary, I knew Ryan is remember. A, legendary is a strong term for this guy. Christian Hackenberg. Yep. I, I uh, want all the stock in the world on yeah, Christian Hackenberg. Uh, Still to this day. Not too late. And uh, <laughs> 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 oh, Christian Page texting all caps. He knew it was Hackenberg. People, yeah. it, Christian was one of the co-hosts on this show when I was so pro yeah. Christian. Hyping I still want to be Hackenberg. Christian Hackenberg. You want to be Christian Hackenberg? <laughs> well, so. look, I'd, I'd take his job right now because again, he's making a lot more money than us, as we have discussed. I think he played in the XFL for a little bit, and then maybe he played in the uh, what just ended the Not USFL. The USFL. Yeah, I remember the AAF and what a joke that was. Yeah, that was How dare you? The Birmingham Iron will live on forever. I don't actually. Think Christian Hackenberg hasn't played since the AAF. Yikes! Ah. Playing for the uh, Memphis uh. Express. Anyway, all right. So that's Lamar. Jo- oh, that was a Lamar Jackson point that we got there. Yes. You talked a little bit about the Ravens. Uh, Deshaun Watson's obviously a big storyline in the NFC for or in all the, the AFC wrong reasons. North Division because we finally know his suspension. He's going to have his first year in Cleveland. Brissett taking a, that's a weird dynamic. That is such a weird dynamic for any team. We got to be competitive in these first eleven games before our superstar quarterback can come back. Yeah, they're going to be expecting a lot out of, I believe, both um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just because how much is Brissett going to be able to hit those routes? He's He was a decent backup quarterback in Indianapolis for a couple of years, got some starts, and 
proved his worth to the point where they trust him to start at least 11 games. And it really is going to be up to him completing those passes. And if he's not, how much of a workload are is that running back room going to be able to carry for the offense? I think, you know, when, when you look at uh, one of the big storylines is how – what position the, the Browns are in when Deshaun Watson's able to come back. You look at the beginning of their schedule, and they've got some winnable games to start with. You're at Carolina. That's a winnable game because of Carolina's, you know, how they've been the last couple years. Easy. But but with Baker Mayfield on the revenge tour with uh, out the gates, who knows what's going to happen in that game. Then you get the Jets, and then you get a Pittsburgh team that you're not really sure about. Then you're at Atlanta before you get to a team that was uh, a playoff team. They were a play- I think they were a playoff team last year, the Chargers. Um, and then you're pa- you get the Patriots at the Ravens and Cincinnati before your bye week. So you've got a relatively competent start to the year before you hit some some uh, some roadblocks there in October. What what position are they going to be in when they get to that point is going to be a really, really big question when Deshaun Watson's able to come back. Uh, because this roster, as it's been the last few years for Cleveland, is a team that you would think can compete for a playoff spot and maybe comp- compete for a run into the playoffs. But once again, something has happened with this Cleveland Browns organization that has shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Uh, and it, and, it, it's kind of, you know, may have jeopardized that before you get back in because now Deshaun Watson's got to get back into the groove once he does get back onto this into this roster. And I'll tell you what, a fun fact that I was looking at, uh, the Browns have not won back-to-back games since September of last year. Man. They they started out one or 3-1 and one with a loss at Kansas City. They won three, Houston, Chicago, and at Minnesota – and then after they hit October, they did not win back-to-back games for the rest of the yeah, year. Anytime they uh, won a game, a loss immediately followed. Yep. Not a good spot to be in if you are those uh, those Cleveland Browns. Uh, also in the AFC North division, that's where Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals play. Anytime you go to the Super Bowl, you worry about a Super Bowl hangover. It's very real. There are several teams over the last decade who have gone to a Super Bowl and you feel good about... After the Super Bowl is over, we'll be back. We'll be able to get back. The Carolina Panthers said that in 2015. The Atlanta Falcons said it the following year. And look at those two teams yes, now. Sir. Like, there is just so much proof over the years of uh, of the Super Bowl hangover being a real thing. And it's just hard to win in the National Football League. Tell it's, me something about Cincinnati. It's hard to go back. But I tell you what, I love Joe Burrow, man. I love how good Joe Burrow is. I think he, he's just... I think that in a couple of years we're going to see him as, you know, top three quarterback in the league. If if you don't already have that opinion of him, Jamar Chase was a monster last year uh, as a rookie, and I don't see them going anywhere. They uh, invested in their offensive line this year uh, to give Joe Burrow more protection and, and hopefully open up more more holes for who is a running back Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon and uh, Samaj P. Ryan behind him, but. Man, I, 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 I really like the Bengals' offense. I don't know anything about their defense, but their offense is going to be able to keep them in games. we got to get to our final break here in just a moment. So, Drew, you get the final thought. Give me something that piques your interest with the AFC North. Um, I wonder how many games Mitchell Trubisky will start before Kenny Pickett takes, takes over. over. Okay. Because I do think Trubisky will get that starting job. How many games do you, do you think he's going to get to hold on to it for a while? Um... 
It depends. I think on, he could. I I don't know that they're necessarily sold on. Okay, let's get this. Let's hand this franchise over to, to to Kenny Pickett just yet. Yeah, I think if if he comes out and looks good, it's going to be a lot harder for Pickett to show and practice why he deserves to take that spot. So, it the first couple games for the Steelers will tell us a lot about that team going forward. It will indeed. We will learn more about all of these teams as the season gets closer. And for the NFL, that's one week away. All right, we're taking our final time out here on today's show. Our nightly TV guide is up right after this here on Sports Call. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Brooks has really beaten himself up here today. Uh, well, he said a very dumb thing earlier, 20, 25 so he minutes. deserves to, to be beaten wow. up. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. I, I just think, wanted. I think Brant forgets that I'm I'm a senior person in this room. Exactly. In the, in the partnership yeah. there? Yeah. I, I just, I you know, I just wanted to give the right information, Brooks. And I by appreciate no means, that. By, I that, appreciate that. I hope I didn't come across as disrespectful. No, it's I, just I like, hey, folks, you. while you may really like Jamison Williams, he's not playing. He's really hurt. Brooks, I I've hope done I the came ACL across, injury. I hope I came across as disrespectful. I, you, you did. <laughs> I, I feel like I should let you know that I have firing power here. <laughs> I don't. Do you? No, I actually don't. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, let's there was a moment you were convinced. Though. Let's get a TV guide in here. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right. It is in fact our nightly TV guide, and it's brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks Childress, tell me something. All right. Uh, movie. All right. One. You get one movie tonight. Okay. Because movie. there's a lot of college football on tonight. Six o'clock on AMC. It's Independence Day. The I haven't original. seen it. Will Smith. Will Smith does star in that. Okay. Uh, phenomenal movie if you, you've never seen it. But, you know, if you're a college football fan, you shouldn't be watching it anyway. Sports on TV for you this evening. That is All not done. college football. Six o'clock on ESPN. Uh, I believe two. It is U.S. Open Tennis primetime. Uh, the the Williams sisters in action tonight in doubles matches. Serena Williams got a big singles win last night over the number two seed, and now she'll take uh, join her sister on the doubles court tonight. So that's in that'd prime be cool time. to see them win. Um, and then the only other sport that is not college football tonight is the Braves back in action tonight. Six twenty on Bally Sports South. They look to win the series over the Colorado Rockies. It is a big night in the Atlanta area. Ozzy Albies is getting his first start in rehab tonight. Uh, for the Braves, though, tonight it is Spencer Strider night. He's 8-4 on the year with 287 ERA. Chad's favorite. Chad Cool. Cole, I don't know, K-U-H-L, uh, starting for the Rockies. He's 6-7 and seven with a 517 ERA. College football Bully tonight. Bully him. Wow. Talking to the Braves players, of course. 
Uh, college football tonight, FS1, 6 o'clock leading off your evening. Number 12, Oklahoma State takes on Central Michigan. Also 6 o'clock on ESPN. The Backyard Brawl is back for the first time in 11 years. It's been since these two teams met. West Virginia, number 17, Pittsburgh. Going to be fun. Pitt's favored by 7.5, but there's a few people picking West Virginia to pull the upset tonight. All right. Uh, 6 o'clock on the SEC Network. SEC football kicks off with the uh, Tennessee Volunteers taking on Ball State. Ball, or Tennessee is a 35.5-point favorite. Go Cardinals? Wow. I think. Uh, Gus Ball Malzahn can, gets his second season at the helm of UCF. Kicked off tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. They're a 43.5-point favorite over South Carolina State. All right, Gus Bus. And then, of course, uh, 7 o'clock on Fox, Penn State, Auburn's third opponent on the year, takes on Purdue up in West Lafayette, Indiana. Okay. Uh, UAB, in-state game team, kicks things off tonight against their, I'm going to call it an in-state rivalry, but it's not really, the Alabama A&M Bulldogs, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Missouri kicks off their SEC, or they're not their SEC season, but they're an SEC team kicking things yeah. off tonight against Louisiana Tech, 7 o'clock ESPNU, 8 o'clock on BTN, row the boat! Minnesota's back tonight as they take on Minnesota, or the Gophers. North Carolina, or the New Mexico State Adams. I'll get there eventually, and then I'll hit the microphone as I'm doing it. And then Auburn's second opponent on the year. You're going to have to search and find this somewhere. 9.30 tonight, San Jose State takes on Portland State. Okay. So Auburn's next two opponents play on TV tonight for your viewing pleasures. A lot of Tell college football to watch. Camels. Our nightly TV guy brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. It's also September 1st. It is. Which means, you know, all of your streaming services are putting fresh new material out for you to check out, some things are running away. What's the best thing that you've streamed lately, Brooks? I'm still working on Stranger Things, the newest okay. season. So I think I've like got two episodes left. Have you guys left. still not seen the Manti Teo documentary? I've not. Have not seen the Manti Teo documentary. Okay, need to I'm make not. sure you do that. Brant, give me something to stream. I have nothing. Wow. Wow. That is a just... <laughs> It's, wow. It's sad. Drew, tell me something to stream. House of the Dragons, the new Game of Thrones spinoff. Oh, okay. I have been watching that. It's very good. You've been watching that? I have been watching that. Well, you saw you Game of Thrones? I, I did see Game of Thrones. I don't what? know. Why didn't you say Were you embarrassed? Pick? I forgot. No, I wasn't embarrassed. Okay. What do you mean? I was, I, was I embarrassed to watch the most watched show of all time? That's, no. I, okay, that's why I don't know why you didn't really, speak really up really, really good. So speak up. I forgot. Here, okay. I've, I've got another streaming pick for you. Yes. Stream the Campbell Camels right now. They're yeah. In the, they're in the second quarter. They're up 14 to 3 on I the Bulldogs. I was going to say season two of F Boy Island because that was wow. intense. And that was. Uh, wow. Yeah. I can't. I can't believe you. I, you know, you're not I, a real person. I am, and I'm going to give you the greatest. It's not reality I need a, I need TV a series to watch. I need a recap from you. Incredible stuff. Trashy TV galore. My favorite. All right, that does it for today's show. Thanks watch so much football. for tuning in and calling in. Yeah, football is here, and that's a great thing. Brant, yo, have fun tomorrow with some high school football activities. I, I shall and whatnot. Brooks, have yeah. fun tomorrow with some high school football activities I and whatnot. Shall. Drew, you were outstanding. What a debut. Have a good weekend. Thank you very much. Um, Brant, you have a good weekend, too. Thank you for having me. Enjoy Auburn football. To the best of my ability. Okay. I love you, buddy. I love you, too, brother. Brooks? Yeah. All right. Be well, okay? All right. right. That's going to do it for today's show. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to Zach Blackerby for stopping by and being on the program. For Drew Bahena, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.